This is a Broad Pods production. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really really want it all to work out while you're away. monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This is Broad Radio. For Women's Health Week. A broad radio pop-up show for Jean Hales for Women's Health. Hello and welcome to this very special pop-up show of Broad Radio celebrating Women's Health Week. For Jean Howes for Women's Health, my name's Jo Stanley and my co-host today is the gorgeous Kerry Stanley. Hello, Kerry. Hello. Hello, Jo. How are you this fine day? I'm really well in Women's Health Week. Women's Health Week. I'm doing my best to be as healthy as possible and I hear from you yesterday, Kerry, that you told me as far as trying to be as healthy as possible goes, you and your lovely partner Lex have suddenly, or not suddenly, but recently decided to switch up your diet and your exercise a little bit and you've really kind of engaged with your health a bit more. What motivated that? Yeah, um, I think our own sluggishness, uh, lots of weight gain, not feeling great in ourselves and also in our minds. So we had some hair testing done to check for intolerances. That was really eye-opening, but it also confirmed a few things that we kind of figured were around. So we went, you know what, let's just get on top of this. Let's eliminate all these things out of our diet, which you know, my mother thinks now we're just drinking cups of air and that's it. Like we <laughs> re- we're eating really, really well, a really great almost vegan diet um, and getting out in sunshine and the rain whenever we're trying to exercise every day. And I tell you what, it has turned, well, turned me, it turned us both around. It's really quite incredible. I just love it. I'm inspired by it, Kez, because what you're doing is going, something's not right. I'm going to address it. I'm not going to put my head in the sand. I'm going to really investigate this and I want to feel better. So I'm going to do something about that. That's it. We've both been joking around that this year, like I'm 51, Lex is 49, that we've both been hit by the ageing bus this year. So it kind of went smack. I hear what you're saying. I'm 49. Yes. I've been I've been sitting on that bus stop for a while and I saw the bus coming myself this year as a 49-year-old. I get it. Yes. So that's what that's what Women's Health Week is all about, is really engaging with our health and empowering ourselves to do something about it so that we can feel better. 
that's all it is. Um, all of this yep. week, we are bringing you a live show at one o'clock every day covering the five themes of Women's Health Week. And we are partnering with Gene House for Women's Health to do that. We love Gene House for Women's Health. Do check them out at genehouse.org.au. They are a national not-for-profit not organisation dedicated to improving the health of women at every stage of life because let's thrive every day that we can. Let's never give up. That's what I say. Um, as I said, every day, oh, sorry, every day this week, Women's Health Week, there is a different theme. And today our conversation is all about our private lives. Oh, Kez, there's nothing like a bit of midweek lunchtime sex education, don't you think? Do you know what, when you first approached me about this, Joe, I course, love being on Broad Radio, and when you mentioned the topic, I had quite the reaction to it. So I think this is the actual perfect topic for me to get across and have some really good conversations with Vanessa about, because it makes me feel uncomfortable. Oh, and I'm interesting. Not sure. uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, well, one would not would not think that I would not have thought that of you but I'm kind of glad you say that because we're all about being really honest here today and you mentioned Vanessa so let's introduce her she's here as a sexuality educator to um, speak all the things that perhaps we are a little bit uncomfortable to talk about I love that you've acknowledged that cares Vanessa Hamilton good afternoon lovely to see you thank you so much it's a privilege and an honor to be here lovely so, to see you. hello Vanessa I want to also acknowledge, Vanessa, that some of these conversations can be quite difficult for some people. Yeah, Joe and Kerry, I'd just like to acknowledge that sometimes having these conversations can bring up negative thoughts and feelings for people because not everyone's experiences of sex and sexuality are positive ones. So take care out there, especially in these trying times. Turn the video off and come back to it later if you're feeling a bit, um, you know, triggered. I don't usually like the word triggered, but if the feelings are coming up for you. But most importantly for women, don't just ignore them. Get some follow-up help. Centre mm-hmm. Get Sexual Assault Lifeline, etc. if you need it. But otherwise, it will generally be quite insightful and a happy conversation. Yes, we, we, we do want to have lots of insights and lots of fun. To that end, I've got a bit of a prop here, right? This is something that I created for a comedy festival show I did maybe oh, 10, 12 years ago. And I'm going... <laughs> you, you, might, you might need that. Yes. Do you know what? There is no, there's no, there's no such thing as too rude in this show today. I was going to say, what deems too rude? No, No. I'm I'm only using it ironically today. I've got a prop to show you that might beat that one. I'll show. Oh, will you show it now? Are you you (laughs) going to? Let's save it. <laughs> let's save it for later. Okay, I can't wait. This is going to be so great. Um, all right. Well, let's let's. My first question for you, Vanessa, and and your business is called Talking the Talk, um, and I love uh, your mission on Talking the Talk. I'm going to quote from your website: aims to positively influence people's lifetime journey. Love that because we don't we continue on this discovery of ourselves, but you you mm. use the term sexuality personality what is a sexuality Mm. personality Mm, that's a great question I'm still finding out (laughs) I just think that um, uh, I've come to discover after 25 years working in sexual health that people should have the right to write their own script of their life in relation to their sexuality human sexuality is part of being human yet we hardly talk about it and when we do We talk about it in a negative way. We talk about it with words related to shame and guilt and danger and fear. 
our personality is part of who we are. Uh, sexuality is a massive part of that. And without the education and conversation and knowledge that we should gain from an early age throughout our life, it can affect how we how we show our personality, how we show up our sexuality being. I think we can do better. Yeah, Vanessa, there is so much stigma around it. Like I, mm. I know I, I said at the top, like what how I feel about it. Um, and I guess that comes from, I don't know, where does that come from? It comes from not having well, conversations, I guess, and maybe and our generations and previous generations, of course. You know, that's not, it wasn't the, the thing that you, you talked about. So now, like I'm seeing across the younger generation, especially in my community, the LGBTIQ plus A community, mm. there's some fierce people out there that are of no shame and no stigma, and it's fantastic. And they can teach me and many other people a few things. Mm. Mm. And it's historical, definitely. It's not like that in all countries. Mm. You know, our country uh, uh, are very shy uh, and we have a lot of taboo and stigma around talking about sex and sexuality. Some countries, they talk about it openly um, in a positive, joyful way without the fear and danger approach. I don't want to get too political or controversial. So where it comes from, <laughs> let's just say some big organisations that um, perhaps uh, leaders are only males, perhaps. That there's some stories that come out about what's the right way to have sex. You know, I did listen to an educator recently um, who I was a bit suspicious about. So what I do is I Google the educator's name and religion. And unfortunately, uh, what come up was... Um, God's design of the right way to have sex and that's how mm. we should encourage young people mm. to do that. Unfortunately, that design has a bit of a flaw because that design of penis, vagina, heterosexual sex, 70% of the time the person with the vagina won't experience orgasm. So there's a bit of a design flaw with that. So I'll leave that controversial point there. But on that, just to acknowledge that there's a difference between sex and sexuality. And I really don't like the word sex, especially in the context of sex ed or sex education. What do you think most people broadly think of when they hear the word sex? Well, it's in it's a penetrative the, the act call. of and, and penetrative, yeah. isn't that and what people, and and what heterosexual. What do we ask when a baby's born in the family? When a baby's born in the family, we ask, is it a boy or a girl? Boy or a girl. Oh, so so when gender. I ask this yeah. question at parent sessions, I say, what do people broadly think of when they hear the word sex? They say exactly what you did, the act of, and I say the act of what, doing it, the deed. What? Penis, vagina, heterosexual sex and mm. being male or female. That is very limiting to what we know about human sexuality. So I really don't like the term sex ed, especially in relation, relation to teaching little preppies and grade ones and twos. We're teaching them about being human, about their body parts, about consent, about relationships, about puberty, not about the act of so much. So mm. I think in and around this conversation of shame and stigma, Part of it is that we're taught that having a sexual side to our personality isn't even critical. Like, why is it important to have a sexual side to our personality and for it mm. to be healthy? Well, research shows there's so many benefits, both psychological and physical benefits. Um, and we also need that connection with other humans. Uh, and we like feeling pleasure and we have the capacity to feel pleasure. Uh, so we should. And I often have to say to parents, when I show them the stats of the ages that teenagers start experimenting with sexual encounters, they're often shocked and, 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 oh, and worried. And I say to them, well, kids don't become sexual beings the day they turn 18 and take off their school uniform. It's typical behaviour mm. for teenagers to experiment. That's typical normal human sexual behaviour. We forget to look at us as a species 
and when we're currently being taught by pornography, social media, mm. advertising, TV shows, popular culture, how you should be sexual, it's very unhelpful for young people. Yeah, and I'm seeing mm. already on YouTube we've got a comment from Nicole who says we need more education in schools about what does a positive relationship look like, mm. particularly if young mm. people don't see that at home. And I think, I mean, it's really hard if your parents aren't in a great relationship or if, uh, you know, you may be in a relationship. Well, I grew up in a household where I, my, I had a single mum. I never saw a relationship. I had no mm. idea what they looked like. Mm. And kids get their me kids are getting a sexuality message every day, whether we like it or not. Uh, and uh, one of the things I do encourage adults in the home to do is to model loving, respectful relationships. And people can do that even with family members as well, just so that they see the adults in their life be respectful and model that loving, respectful touch and pleasurable um, experiences. It doesn't have to be sexual because kids are absorbing that like sponges. If they learn from TV programs like can i name them <laughs> married yes. at first sight that yes. well, that's oh, what a relationship it's my worst is. show ever oh, because well, when they're 12 around that age of 12 they're really starting to think what is a relationship what, is, what how do you do it what what is it and if married at first sight is their only i keep going like this there's this bubble of information where kids get their their learning they really should get it from this bubble over here the classroom and the adults at home that complements each other and it should be louder than this one here is it coming through in the classroom? What is, I mean, my children are now adults. Um, so what is the classroom looking like these days? I mean, I know when they were little, there was very little, I guess. Also, um, mm. oh, they were at a Catholic school. That <laughs> was, was a pretty well, good one. It was pretty progressive. But, uh, um, but yeah, what's, has it changed much? Like, are you seeing the differences coming through? Oh, look, it's very ad hoc in different areas, um, different jurisdictions. Currently with COVID, for example, I've had all my classroom sessions cancelled. I can't actually go into classrooms. Um, different providers do it uh, in different levels of well or not so well. Um, teachers, I feel for teachers, they're not trained in an undergraduate level generally how to teach sexuality education. That's like having to go and te teach maths when you've never been taught about it and it's a really sensitive, loaded topic. So they often get external providers. It's why I've created something online. I'm really passionate about teaching teachers because they do have the capacity to do it with a bit of support and education about human sexuality. When I'm in a classroom, you can tell the kids, they stand out, um, the kids who've had good information from home. And the teachers say to me after, wow, they knew so much. One little one asked me a question that stumped me the other day. They'd been answering the questions beautifully and I thought, I made a full judgment. That kid's mum's a midwife for sure. Uh, and then, <laughs> you know, about how the vagina accepts the penis, the penis delivers the sperm and the sperm travels up to meet the egg. And um, this little one said, yeah, and how does that orgasm thing work? You know, grade three or four. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Luckily I set the scene and I said, that's actually outside the level of today's learning. That's something you can ask your adults at, at home. The teacher's having a heart attack in the back. Corner. <laughs> oh my god kids to learn stand out and the other kids say to them how do you know that who mm. told you that they just can't believe it and then all the way to the other end I sent home homework for the parents to get the parents having conversations they've got to do a puberty checklist and a reproductive crossword and I say to the kids how did that go and they said and I've had kids come back and say got screwed up and put in the bin um, mum said that's disgusting you shouldn't be learning about that mm. um, don't ask me that ask your father Ooh. you know parents 
really struggle and we need to overcome that fear and danger approach and approach with joy and positivity. Well, I mean, it's a reflection of their own shame and embarrassment, clearly. Correct. Um, So let's get to some useful tips, I guess, and useful Mm. conversation around how we can shift in ourselves things that make us perhaps happier or healthier in our own sexuality. What would Mm. you recommend we can do if we do feel a level of shame and embarrassment and we want Mm. to not have that anymore? We want to be free to express our sexuality with our partner or with ourselves. We want to have that kind of sense of, I don't know, that embarrassment lifted from us. Mm, that feeling of well-being and freeness in a way. Mm. Uh, most important sexual organ, sexuality organ of the body is the brain. brain. Yep. I love the way you're talking brain. to us a bit like we're children in a classroom, which I Sorry. <laughs> I'm like this. I love it so much. Are we passing? But are we are getting our answers correct so far? I do parent sessions and they on Zoom. They have to put in the chat box. What's the two most important sexual organs of the human body? Okay, so do you know the second one then? Can you guess? Oh, are you I'm asking us again? Oh, um, yes, oh, yes. <laughs> um, oh, gee, um, you said oh. we said brain. Uh, it's the biggest organ of the human body. The skin? No. What? The I'm scared. Body. I'm going to get it wrong. Yes. I don't know. No, you got it wrong. <laughs> brain oh, and skin. So when people think of, so it's a complex question about what we can do. Let's start with brain and skin. When people um, think of sexual encounters and intimacy, they often think of penetrative intercourse, which isn't relevant to all people. And it's also not the most important part of human sexual function. So I prefer to think about outer course, all the things you do that aren't related to intercourse. And outer course starts after your last intimate encounter. So the way you talk to your partner, if you have one, the way you experience life, the, how you go about um, interacting with each other will impact in, on your next intimate encounter. Someone said, who said this in the book, um, the author Emily Nagoski in Come As You Are, she says, it's not about how you touch your genitals. Uh, it's not about how you feel your genitals. It's about how you feel about them. So I would say in this Women's Health Week, for women who have been a bit stuck with their sexuality, there's always opportunity for improvement. Don't just put up with how things have been forever. And that doesn't mean just intimate encounters. That means how you feel about yourself, your own sense of self, sense of pleasure, sense of relationships. It changes throughout our life and we need to change with it. Adults have layer upon layer upon layer of stuff in our head about sex and sexuality, often to do with negative connotations, Um, fear, danger, disgust, we have to strip back those layers to make improvements in our life because this will impact every encounter we have in our relationships and our pleasurable function. Yeah, that's so very interesting because it's also mixed in with those layering as well is our body positivity or very much lack Mm. of, especially as we're getting... Mm. You know, as we're getting older, our body shapes changes. I know mine has personally, mm. and and learning to accept that to go, you know, this is okay. I'm not feeling sexy. I'm not feeling great, but you know, your partner may not see you that way, or you know, that can shut so much down because of how we see when we how we see ourselves when we look in the mirror. Absolutely, and that commodified look that's all around us. That some organisations are making a huge amount of money telling us that we need to look that certain way, you know, the eyelash extensions and all the the things. Um, And we need to be able to be strong enough and have that sense of self to just say, that's that's not who I am. 
and it doesn't make me who I am. There's so many things we can do to Im increase our relationships and partnerships with people and even for those who don't have partnerships, especially in these COVID times, just um, being kind to yourself. Today I put perfume on for this interview. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. You, you know, smell amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. I've got shoes on too. So I've taken my runners off and put shoes on. So there's things that we can do to make ourselves feel better and just acknowledge that we deserve pleasure. We deserve respectful relationships and the best person to make that happen is us. Okay, so what about within a relationship if you're feeling like you aren't as satisfied as you'd like to be or if you feel like your partner isn't particularly happy? How do we have those open conversations? Mm, the key to that is having conversation outside the bedroom, so to speak. It's really important that people have conversations um, outside um, the situation that they're in that can often be fraught with sort of um, angst and uh and things that haven't been going well for a long time so are continuing to not going well, it's best to, you know, make a time, sit around, have a coffee and say, look, what happened the other night? Um, I just wonder if you're on board with me to try and improve that situation and I wonder if we could start with such and such. Do a bit of research. Be careful on the internet what you're researching. <laughs> but there's um, sexologists, sex therapists out there that can help, but there is a lot of information around. And then doing little things. I'm thinking of parents, for example, especially during COVID. It's very, very difficult. Three L's. Get a lock on the door. <laughs> <laughs> because people need privacy, especially people's brains to have ideal, pleasurable sexual function, orgasm response. They need to feel safe. They need to feel respected and they need privacy. So I'll lock on the door just for that time. Don't worry, the house won't burn down. The kids will be all right. <laughs> lube is another L. Lube is very important for all bodies. Um, a very under underrated, but not all lubes are created equally. So bypass the supermarket and go to one of the amazing um, sexual wellness shops that are run by women in Australia. So there's a lot around, a few, quite a few. Um, what's the other L? Um, I forgot what the other L is. Well, why <laughs> one of them is just while you love think and affection for each other. Oh, love and affection. That's a nice one. Yes. I was so going to suggest laptop. But <laughs> well, COVID times <laughs> online, cyber. Yes, that's right. Thinking about ethical use of imagery online, I'm all for it for adults. Um, you might need your visa card and a bit of time to find ethical uh, sexual imagery because the current mainstream um, is associated with violence and degradation and humility and um, uh, isn't ideal for lots of people, especially young people. Mm. The other L was um, lose penetration if penetration is a thing for the two people. Um, and especially I'll acknowledge just to bring the point of heterosexual cisgender um, scenarios, that pressure of having vaginal penetration, for example, when someone's experiencing pain or they've just had a baby or whatever, bring it right back to just, can we just be intimate and hug and kiss? And then sort of move forward with that over a period of time of um, just moving on to other things that people can do. So if you avoid penetration, you'd be amazed how much outer course you can have to end up in an ideal sexual pleasurable um, ex um, encounter. I've got two more L's for you. Well, firstly, when I said laptop, I mean that's what entertains my oh. child so that she leaves oh, us alone, sorry. right? <laughs> <laughs> although, <laughs> although I, I'm all in favour of ethical images online as well, but... 
There's, there's two uses for a laptop. But the other thing that I always say, laundry, as far as I say to my husband, foreplay starts with folding the laundry. I want to feel like I'm not exhausted all the time and that we are a team and that I'm not the mother of some kind of adult man baby, you know? Resentment, <laughs> is, a, resentment is a massive passion killer in partnerships. <laughs> so, um, you know... Things, um, just someone, uh, we're going to say someone I know today rather than out our people oh, we know. Someone sorry, I've I already know. said my husband. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, unless you're having just... an affair, Joe, we, we would assume it's him. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, getting the, once you've used the coffee machine, set it up and clean it ready for the next person. That's really just little things like that, making them a cup of tea. Yes, doing jobs without being asked. Very, very sexy. <laughs> mm, so sexy. You brought. Sorry, go on, Kez. Oh no, no, that's right. Go, you, you go, Joe. Then I've got something to add. Okay, so well, you brought up lube there, and actually, that leads us to one of our questions on from a listener. Was in fact, uh, as I get older, I keep hearing that lubricant is going to be my friend. There seems to be lots of brands and types out there. Where do I start? So, can you give us that resource of the places to go, mm. the websites? I is it okay to say them? Well, I, I sure. love Bliss for Women um, is a Queensland-based um, service, Bliss for Women. Mm-hmm. Um, been around for over 25 years, started in Melbourne by Maureen Matthews and then taken over by a sexologist in Queensland. Um, and she has a good knowledge of um, health and wellness for women. So I highly recommend uh, that one. And there's Passion Fruit in Melbourne as well. And so go for the look at the ingredients, go for the organic, um, try water based to start with and invest. The good ones cost a bit of money. And while you're there, buy a candle mm. that um, when you uh, put extinguish the flame turns into a, a warm uh, body moisturiser. And so you've got the smell, you've got the sight of the candle and then a moisturiser to rub on the body. Great for outer course. Oh. That's a multi-purpose product, isn't it? Isn't it? (laughs) I give them as gifts. Um, I give those to people for their birthdays and Christmas, so do those sorts of things. Um, And don't forget um, body parts. Is it time to show the prop? There's a really important part. Now we're moving on from outer course to actual intimate encounters with people with vulvas, for example. Mm -hmm. Don't ignore the clitoris because there is an orgasm gap in our world when there's penises and vaginas involved. Um, and um, 70% of people with vaginas um, will not experience orgasm response from just uh, penetration alone. So they need clitoral stimulation as well. So I've got a bit of a vulva puppet here to show you. I love it. Husty vulva puppet. So in schools and in adult sessions, I'm often having to teach people that this is not a vagina. Yeah. We call this a vagina. That's like calling a penis a scrotum. But... This is a vulva. It's on the outside. Vaginas are on the inside. I've read articles in women health magazines that say, have you grown hair on your vagina? Wow, that would be a problem. Because hair doesn't grow on How would you remove that? I don't want to know. You know, and I've had discussions with people say, oh, we say vagina because that's what everyone knows. No, not okay. Vulvas are a very pleasurable area for people who have them because what sits behind them is nine centimetres of erectile tissue, just like a penis, called the clitoris, that um, most people need um, stimulation of to experience orgasm response. Like they talk about the G-spot, that's actually really the clitoris touching the vagina there. I've also got a 3D clitoris here to show you what it looks like. Amazing. So we've missed out on this information. It's been missed out of t- uh, textbooks 
a health textbook for, for health professionals back in 1948, the clitoris was left out altogether. Mm. Well, because it's so powerful. Written by mm. men, that's why. Uh, yeah, I've written a blog about that. You can have a look at the men were anatomists. The anatomists were men. The cadavers were mostly men. Yeah. Older cadavers and the clitoris atrophied. Anyway, keep going. Well, we're going to get to some more questions from listeners in a little minute. Uh, we're going to take a little break. And if you are new to Broad Radio, we do broadcast every Tuesday morning at 9am with lots of a whole myriad of conversations about lots of different things. Sometimes it's, you know, taboo subjects or what are considered taboo subjects like this. Other times it's politics and it's uh, compassion and it's literature and arts and comedy, lots of comedy. And here's a little bit of something to tell you about it. Broad Radio, talking inspo we love, info we need and sharing more of us. Watch and listen live every Tuesday, 9am Australian Eastern Standard Time at broadradio.com.au or find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and LinkedIn at Broad Radio Oz. Talk to us live. Call or text on 1300-8-BROAD. Catch up on demand anytime, anywhere, every time, everywhere. On the train, we'll be here. 2am existential crisis, we've got you covered. Broad Radio, here for more. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, Vanessa, a couple of questions for you. We have from someone um, who has said that she's noticed an unusual odour. Uh, no mm. recent intercourse. Is that a problem? Mm. Um, anything that changes that's not typical in your experience um, should be seen by a healthcare professional. But to note that vaginal discharge, for example, which we hardly ever talk about, uh, is typical and needed and changes throughout the cycle. So uh, firstly is get um, advice from a health professional, but secondly to think about taking notice of vaginal discharge and start perhaps mapping it on a calendar because we don't even teach people with vaginas that they will have, for example, discharge when they're ovulating. Uh, the discharge becomes like an egg white, like a clear egg white, which actually helps sperm travel up through to the cervix um, and that's something that can help people know when they're ovulating. The vagina has its own cleaning system and has a discharge to match what's required. So there can be just typical changes that cause that 
But even without um, sexual intercourse, people can have things like yeast infections that need in investigating. And another question for you, what, how do we reclaim a sense of sexuality post-motherhood? Uh, yeah, post-pregnancy, I, pre I presume. Mm. Um, it's really about, um, as I said before, understanding that our sexuality changes over time and to go with that. It won't always stay the same. And rather than, um, you know, be sad about what you're missing or losing at that time, think about the positive part of what an amazing body you have that can create another human and things will get better. It won't always be like that. In relation to um, partnerships with partners, often partners feel at this time a bit left out, a bit neglected and they just miss you. So having a conversation with your partner to say, I'm just really not up to sexual penetration at the moment, but I really, really miss you and I'd really love some hugging and kissing and cuddling and can we do that? Get some lube, bit of mutual masturbation, all those sorts of things, and just take that pressure of having to be the same as how it was before will really help moving forward. And don't forget, the most important sexual organ is really tired really mm. emotional, <laughs> get hormones going up and down, looking after a human and keeping them alive. So pretty distracted from being intimate and sexy, but do what you can to um, just improve how you feel about yourself each day and get help, you know, get in speaking to mother's groups, get professional help, speak to the uh, maternal and child health nurse. And there's great resources online. That's good to know. What sorts of resources? Mm. Where would we go? Yeah, well, so I was thinking about places like Bliss, for example, that have podcast mm -hmm. um, blogs about what to do after being pregnant. Uh, another good place is um, pelvic physiotherapists mm -hmm. have really good information about the body changing and getting that strength back in the pelvis, uh, pelvic area, because it's so important. Um, and really focusing on everything else that you can do for it. People just don't pay enough attention to their partnerships and relationships and how they're getting along and all the baggage that has just come along in the relationship and never been addressed. And there are some great yeah. resources on the Gene Hales. Sorry, I'll throw to you in a sec, Kes. There's yes, just a Gene, great, yeah. great resources on the Gene Hales website too that we really recommend, one of which is a podcast featuring you, Vanessa, this week. Um, but, uh, yeah, check out. There's some great articles and some videos. And, yeah, it's just brilliant, genehales.org.au. Sorry, cares away you go. No, all good. I was just, um, as I was just thinking then, Vanessa, like, you know, swinging the pendulum completely the other direction. You know, some relationships do exist without sex. You know, that's just Correct. not a part of their dynamic. There are asexual people in the world. You know, mm -hmm. and it's understanding, you know, how do, you know, people, how do relationships remain healthy and happy mm -hmm. if one mm -hmm. or both, I find this completely fascinating, mm -hmm. that um, there's no um, sex in that relationship. Well, what, what is sex? Again, it always comes back yeah, to that. Yeah, that's you know, true. Sex yes. means different things to different people. And the word intimacy is not always sexual. People can have intimate, connected um, relationships with people that doesn't involve sexual activity or sexual encounters um, because that's right some people identify as asexual um, and they don't have those experiences of desire or intent to want to have sexual intercourse with other people some people have sexless relationships when they don't want to <laughs> one or other doesn't want to have that and again that's going back to uh, you know, I won't get into it here, it's very complex, but um, a good sexual therapist can help people start from the start, and that is both agreeing to know sexual intercourse, for example, um, or penetration, um, or, 
agreeing to not do particular things and just starting from the start. That is spending time together, going for walks together, uh, massaging. One person massages one body. The next time it's the other person's turn. The next time someone grabs their hand and rubs around where they like being rubbed. And it's just slowly building up to coming back into intimate partnerships that they both want to have. And that's about communicating outside of the bedroom. That is so important. Just chatting about it, just making comments. I'll tell you a bit of a story that um, things like you can send messages to your partner that that, that make you feel good. Um, we nearly got caught out recently when my email went down and I lost all my emails for 24 hours. And I said to my partner, can you just send me an email so I can check? Is there someone I know? Can you, see me, can you send me an email so I can check that I got it? Later on, he comes in, he says, did you get those emails? And I said, no, my, my VA, my admin person's looking for them. And he said, will she see them? I said, what did you write? <laughs> anyway, they eventually came through the next day. I'm like, I'm so glad she didn't see these emails. Woo! So you have a laugh. You have to mm. have a laugh. You do. Um, we have another question here from one of our listeners. Any tips about solo pleasure for women? It's such a source of stigma and shame sometimes. That's right. And again, the most important sexual organ, people need to work on the fact that they deserve pleasure, um, that that stigma and shame about experiencing pleasure and their own self-pleasure um, needs to go. And that really needs to go for someone to feel really within their body. And then there's, there's things that people can do to have other forms of pleasure. Um, and that is doing things that, are, that make them feel good. Like I said, putting perfume on, maybe shaving your legs if that's your thing. Um, I'm being, I'm, I don't mean to be punitive here, but trying to do things that make you feel better. When we can come out of COVID, it's appropriate for people to go and get a foot massage, to have some touch, for example. Get, get nails done to have touch as well. Um, think about other things that bring um, feelings of feeling good, like music, etc. Um, but it's really getting rid of that shame and guilt and that can take a bit of work for a lot of people depending on what their upbringing has been. Um, interesting, Vanessa. I think, you know, toys are a, you know, a getting to know yourself and body. And this was only kind of new to me. Not, I mean, I'm 51 now, so maybe in my 30s, I suppose. And and going, you know, taking that kind of steps into one of those those shops, those wellness shops are for women especially. The, you mentioned that one in uh, Melbourne, um, Passion Fruit, and kind of go walking in there and going, um, and they pick you. They see it and they know <laughs> and they're <laughs> – and they're, they're like, what yeah. do you want? And I'm like, I'm not sure. But, was, <laughs> not you know, sure. but when you can reach out and go, the people are there to go, okay, we are here to help. You know, this yeah. is what this is what is available. To, you know, there's a, there's a mind feel that there's so many things now, and to take that time and go, okay, look, I might have a go with that or this. And it's pretty amazing totally. what uh, comes up. It's never too late, and there's so many out there, and they come in all shapes, sizes, colours, etc., and do all sorts of different things. There's even remote toys where your partner can have the button to press, where the buzzer goes off. Imagine doing that when you're out for dinner, where you wear the uh, <laughs> the item. But um, for for solo, but even people who are partnered, it's about the point of each human individual deserves pleasure, and there is nothing wrong with sh with sexual pleasure. And we don't talk about pleasure enough mm. in classrooms or at all in conversation. We need to talk about consent, respect, empathy, reciprocity, generosity, mutual negotiation, but we need to talk about pleasure. Pleasure is not a dirty word. 
A uh, couple more questions and then, yeah, I think we do need to get to consent as well and safety. Yes, let's talk about consent. Yes, but yes. a couple of more questions though. Um, what about as you speak about uh, stages of life when we're moving into perimenopause and menopause, uh, how can we remain sexually healthy during that time? Mm. Well, uh, first thing that came to mind when I was thinking about that was um, the freedom of no pregnancy. But after listening to the gynecologist yesterday on your oh my show, God, I know what about oh that? God, we're all free. What about <laughs> you, after, um, you can get pregnant for two right. years after your last period. I mean, I had a nightmare right. about that last night. <laughs> yes. I think I did too. If you're under fifty and you. We need to check the Jean Hales website to get this accurately. But I think if you're under 50, she said that um, and, and you have your last period and it's 12 months since that period, you should use contraception mm. for two years mm. Oh, because you can still ovulate. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, again, it's adapting to the change. So there will be things like vaginal dryness and it's acknowledging that and that's why getting a lube um, and not feeling that lube is a, a shameful thing you, you know you can even buy cushions for your bed that have a zip a zip in them that the bottle of lube can go in for easy oh, access i love that embrace that buy that for your partner you know let's have this pillow with the, with it in there and make it part of every day the candle with the massager some of the massage oils are lubricants as well so start off massaging it's about doing um things together that both make you feel good and talking through because often in older age both partners have difficulties within their bodies in relation to other illnesses. Things aren't working as well as they want them to. Um, again, not everyone who identifies as a woman has a vagina or a vulva. They might have a penis as well. Um, so things can um, change there. And it's about adapting because there are ways to make it better and talking it through outside the bedroom again. And one last question we've got here before we move on to our more general conversation and consent, very important. Um, do we still need to practice safe sex when we're older and dating? Aren't STIs more of a young person thing? Oh, no. Goodness, mm. no. Sexually transmitted infections are rising in older age groups. Sexually transmitted infections um, don't discriminate for age uh, at all. So, And because we've got epidemic proportions of some of the um, infections, especially even here in Victoria and Australia, um, people absolutely need to think about sexually transmitted infections. And the usual standard thought processes around that are that both partners need to be tested. They both need to not have other partners that and be sure of that, otherwise that could bring in STIs. Um, using condoms, using dental dams. Dental dams are a latex piece that goes over the vulva or the anus and the mouth can go on one side against and it's, it's against the body. You can cut a condom in half and make that sheet of barrier. Um, and getting tested, if people are sexually active, getting tested regularly. And the Gene Hales website will have information about that. Yeah, fantastic information there on Gene Hales. Um, so let's go yep. to consent. How how are we having the conversation and are we doing it right for women and for men? How do we how do we navigate consent? Uh, so it's 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 a, a difficult one that we're a bit behind in. So I'm starting with five year olds. I teach consent via shoelaces and Lego in classrooms, um, and that's about it getting people to understand and, and one of the things with I'm thinking of all these different age groups teenagers we don't tell them that consent is sexy and we should be telling adults that too the best part of an intimate encounter with another person is that you're both fully into it you're both um, mutually agreeing to an enjoyable experience that you've both mutually negotiated and when two people are into it you will have the best sexual outcomes you can possibly have 
so having those conversations, um, don't mean to make light of it, but I did hear one person talk about um, their partner wanting to imitate anal sex from watching lots of pornography and the female partner said to the male partner, well, you first, mate, and then <laughs> we'll see how we go. <laughs> um, and that's about that understanding of empathy and what it feels like for someone else. Um, and, you know, putting that onus of no on another person is not, uh, the, 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 they shouldn't be the gatekeeper of no. Mm. You shouldn't really want or suggest or um, in, uh, coerce someone into doing something they're just not into so that they're the gatekeeper of the no or the yes. Both people should be responsible for the yes because you're doing something that you both want to do and that's by lots of communication. So when I'm teaching five-year-olds in the classroom, I say, I'm going to ask you a question and if you give me consent or permission, because it's not sexual consent, it's just consent, it gives them decision-making skills that will carry on into their later life, I say to them, can I please tie your shoelaces? And the yeses stand over there and the noes stand over there and the not sures and didn't say anything stand in the middle and we say, what's consent and permission? Big, loud yeses. What's not consent and permission? No, bugger off, go away, I've got Velcro. And then the ones in the middle... They said, I'm not sure, or they said, nothing. Have I got their consent, everybody? No, I haven't. The only consent is enthusiastic, mutual, ongoing, um, yes. And that's how simple it is, and people need to understand that. But our world is so complex. Women are there for men. To, the women are there to be looked at. Women are there to have things done with them. Again, pornography tells them tells us everybody that, especially mainstream online pornography. And um, yeah, just telling people that it's you have a great time if both people are into it. And guess what? Women are sexual, and do enjoy sexual encounters. Um, they just need to be mutual and reciprocal. Do you think we're Do you think we're seeing a shift? Uh online i'm not talking pornography i'm talking in our drama series our our viewing what we're watching on streaming services and so forth like they're slipping consent in there to some like i guess more mm. mindful productions that are out there i'm seeing it a little bit differently have you been noticing that um there's a shift in that too vanessa i don't watch any i can i don't watch anything on tv much so the odd survivor and nothing else but um I get lots of texts from people. Did you see this show? They added in consent beautifully, you know. Um, so mm -hmm. def and the, from the messages I get from people, I think they are because it's part of being human. It's just permission. It's just respecting other people. Mm. I think it's interesting um, to really look at what we're seeing in our pop culture and how it's shifting. In particular, too, mm. I think, cares in the LGBTQI world, there's so many more narratives that involve... Um, people who are identifying as either non-binary or LGBTQI and is that impacting on people feeling, um, I, don't, I suppose, more confident to to come out, to speak to their families and friends about their own sexuality? Yeah, that's. I think that's really interesting. And I know in my own kind of circles or what I'm seeing uh, online on, on the social media accounts that I follow, you know, they're encouraging of the conversation that's coming through with regards to, you know, it's it's really separating gen across gender and sexuality you know and and also ed again the educating of um it's a new new languages coming through so it's educating not just the ones coming through and experiencing it but it's also educating all of us as in the older ones you know that in across all communities to go what what is that understanding what does that actually look like and to provide safe spaces for them so if you're i guess as a parent 
you know, have an un- like educating yourself and have an understanding in case you feel your child is going through something to be then put put them in a position that they feel comfortable enough to speak with you about how they're feeling. It's hard enough having to or wanting to come out or not understanding who they are or what they are, let alone playing through the minefields of of what sex looks like to them. It could be pretty confusing. I, I, I was um, thrilled to hear just from a, a principal just this week uh, in a rural area in a religious school telling me how they um, they show the, the pride flag all of the time every day and how their young people who are coming out are being really well respected by the other kids in the school. And I really Fantastic. wouldn't have heard that about eight years ago. So that's changing. Um, and for, for adults, they don't need to, for parents especially, they don't need to know all the names in relation uh, related to sexual diversity. They just need to respect it and understand mm. it. Um, mm. It can be complex. Um, and as you said, people's gender identity sometimes differ from their sex assigned at birth and then their sexual orientation can differ as well. Not everyone is cisgender and not everyone is heterosexual. So I encourage parents to think about being positive to that. And even adult parents of adult kids Um, Just because someone responds negatively in the first instance to someone coming out or disclosing their sexuality doesn't mean they'll always think that they can be educated. Some can't and you might have to let them go. Mm. It's tough, but it's true. So, I mean, I feel like an overarching, com- you know, question to answer in, in as we wrap up this conversation because we talk all day and I haven't used my too rude. I'm disappointed. Oh, um, God. <laughs> um, is, you know, how, what, are, what is your absolute tip for being as happy and healthy in our sexuality? Because for mm. me, I think it's largely just making friends with yourself and, and just finally deciding not to listen to what society says is right or wrong that's been a real Mm. shift for me um what Mm. would you say Vanessa is a a, a sort of your overriding tip oh look the historical fear and danger approach has done us no favors we need to let that go and start learning and start having conversations about sex and sexuality. We need the positive, joyful approach, um, not the fear and danger approach, and we need to have lots, lots more conversations. Teachable moments are everywhere for adults and for kids. Um, For adults, be that askable and tellable parent. Uh, And it's about going inside yourself and, and having that joy and just reading widely. And stop watching commercial television <laughs> that <laughs> gives you messages about how you should look and how you should be as a sexual being. None of it is helpful to human sexuality. So lots more positive conversations. How are you going there, Kez, after feeling so I'm good. uncomfortable I'm at the good. top of this conversation? I'm good, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. going to share a little story with you. Can I have you got a little second, quick one? When, yes. Also, when you were when you were showing the um, the you're a puppet, yes. um, Vanessa. Puppet. I think I was yes. thirty-two. Yes, I was thirty-two, and I had my Henderson clippers with the um, attachment, doing a bit of you know lands womanscaping down below, and then hit hit the clip as such. I'm like, oh, oh and stayed for like, and then had this most amazing orgasm and then I realized <laughs> went, oh dear I thought I've been doing it right all this time this up time. until that point I went oh no I had not and I had this big oh, oh. <laughs> wow me. and there yeah. you go oh I'm <laughs> glad you finished with that most people most people <laughs> don't know their pleasure capacity 
Most people don't know their pleasure capacity. <laughs> there There's so much more to it than the myth that we're told about orgasming at the same time, if it's male and female, physical male and female. Um, you know, there's so much more to it. Just be open to learning. Oh, my gosh. I love pleasure capacity is my <laughs> new favourite two yes. words. So That's a good one. It is a great one. Let's finish on that. We encourage you to head off and find your pleasure capacity. <laughs> Thank yes. you so much, <laughs> Vanessa Hamilton. Great it's chats. been amazing to have you on the show. Thank Thanks, you. Vanessa. I appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, Women's Health Week continues. We encourage you to head along to jeanhiles.org.au and discover all the amazing information and resources they have there and all the different events that carry on. Tomorrow we are going to be uh, broadcasting live from one o'clock and we're talking mental health. Um, We've got Bianca Chatfield, who is our co-host with me there that day, and uh, Dr. Sarah Cotton, psychologist, is going to be joining us to talk about all things mind matters which obviously is a massive issue for all of us so do join us one o'clock tomorrow right here right then and uh, we'll see you tomorrow with broad radio thanks ladies take care thanks bye flexibility is great that's why there's yoga Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.